Again, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet, because you know how we do, but mostly woke perspective. So listen and subscribe to That's What I'm Saying. We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, pretty much wherever you listen to your podcast. Also watch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show on Island TV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TwizPod. So I'm Sean. And I'm Shatara. Hey, sister. So I got a special announcement because, you know, this is our hundredth episode. One, zero, zero, y'all. One hundred. Oh, we got a grip. It's a grip. It's a grip. We did a grip. (laughs) Oh, we made it. We made it. And I am just I'm so excited to continue to have you on this journey. You know, you stepped in about what, like the 66 episode yeah we were, we were trying to trying to do the numbers i was like i would say 69 but i'm gonna take it back to 68 i think it was around 68 then i was like maybe 67 let me not but either way i just know looking at the numbers i'm like oh it's 100 today I oh love my God. so i've been here thank you for so much for having me I, I forever have to always say like i'm so grateful this is a, a great outlet i'm so happy to be part of this movement this is like and it's a good time. So thank you for having me. Always. Always. This always. is great. Always. You know how we do? Same mother matching mommy daddy thing. I know, but, but some people don't they don't work together. They can't work together. You get what this I mean? Yeah. So, this you know, true. I just I just try to rise to the occasion to being a great, you know, business partner in this game. And I appreciate you for doing so, sis. I try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it and i love what we do here and you know we we got we got more coming and yep. more opportunities and just doors opening up as 2021 so this this is just the beginning y'all oh yeah yep mm-hmm. watch watch that's what i'm gonna mm-hmm. tell everybody watch mm-hmm. don't believe me just watch listen and watch please thank you all right but until then um, what are we calling this particular episode? Ooh, this episode is called Thicker Than a Snicker. All right, all right, because that's what uh, Keisha Cole told um, Ashanti when she finally showed up, when, when Keisha Cole finally showed up for the verses. Listen here. They are, listen, we scheduled twice and then almost, what, an, almost an hour late, two hours late. So we scheduled twice and almost two hours late. What's that about? How you gonna be a month and a half late, y'all? That's what, <laughs> get it together. Are you late? <laughs> Is you ready? Is you ready no. or not? Was not ready. First of all, I, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like I only saw the snippets online. I didn't actually watch the show. You know, I was like, I really wanted to see it. You know, when they first announced it, I was like, this is the battle we all been waiting for. But hmm. you know, I mean, the, the COVID hit uh, Ashanti, and then they postponed it, and then they postponed it again. And you just said, um, I didn't know that Keisha Cole had COVID. So yeah. that's why they were, you know, doing it separately. So I mean, to be honest, and then it was on a Thursday. I thought it was going to be on a Saturday. I'm over here like, I'm going to get my, I'm make some shrimp. I'm going to put some crabs together. I'm going to have it on TV. And I was like, no, it's on a Thursday. Like, mm, mm-hmm. I missed it. Listen, I, you know what? Let me just say this. Everybody got a lot of nerve, okay? Watching all this from the convenience of their home. That's all I'm going to say. Every, listen, listen to you. Mm, on a Thursday. <laughs> We're home. Everybody is complaining about these battles. You're home. What are you? We're supposed to be seven o'clock. Some some good, some money on some tickets. Everybody's talking as if they like went out to a concert. They paid for parking. You know, back in the day. Yo, you remember Summer Jam back in the day or the Budweiser Factor, all these concerts we used to run to? You remember parking? 
um, you know, oh, getting the ticket. Yeah, just yeah. yeah you're and right. You're you right. None of that. You're in the privacy of your own home. So to be honest with you, if you were an hour late, okay, I was looking forward to it. But while I was waiting, I started watching something on Netflix. While I was waiting, I was on a phone call. While I was waiting, I put these Pillsbury cookies in the oven. And they got you're about right. 15 minutes. You get what I'm saying? You were home. So people are cracking me up. Oh, ah. You know, I know. Uh, you right. You know, bitch over here watching concerts from her couch. Hey, just know how to act. Mad. How y'all late? Like, no, actually, you're late. You got to put your kid to bed. What are you mad about? You home? Like, people are real mad to be home doing stuff on on their computer. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. Is it just me? Am I? That's how I'm seeing it. So you're right. You're right. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. just the complaint itself is ratchet. You get what I'm saying? Like. Like, really? Like, you don't. Mm. OK, so I'm just going to keep it ratchet. So mm-hmm. I was looking at this picture and I'm so sorry. So it was Nancy Pelosi. Right. In the article where she's confirming the impeachment and how it will be delivered to the Senate on January 25th, which is tomorrow. OK, <laughs> yep. it is making way for Trump's impeachment trial and it is going down. I know throughout this whole thing and way before the whole riot took place, Nancy Pelosi was pissed off. She wanted Trump out and she was very clear about it. She did not play. But let me tell you something. I started cracking up at the picture of her with her like hands folded. <laughs> and I and I met her saying, get your feet off my motherfucking desk. Talking to her teeth. <laughs> Looking at those dudes in her office during the riot. OK, can you imagine? You, can TV. you imagine watching, watching it on TV? Like that's my shit. That's 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 my stationery. That that's my pen. Like these motherfuckers. Can you imagine that's how she? You. <laughs> taking pieces of it like it's a piece of a chocolate bar. What are they doing? Oh, I'm sure she is so wretched to get him out. But that just made me like. He already out. He already out. But you know. But yeah, she's she couldn't she couldn't wait for this like right here like she wanted him not just out but like the impeachment. She's like, oh, and and you got your feet up on my desk too. Like, mm, mm, I'm slamming you on this trial. I got you. I got your ass. She's talking through her teeth. I got your ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. More people who said, I got your ass. I'm going mm-hmm. to keep it going. I'm going to keep it going. Miss Wendy Williams is uh, is shouting her brother at in her Hot Topic segment. And she let her brother Tommy know. Now, the one thing about Wendy is that we all get a chance to, like, know her old family, like her mom. You know, she's from Jersey, her dad, mommy, daddy, and, you know, sister, brothers, all that good stuff. Um, however, we didn't know that her mother passed away and she actually announced it. Yes. Her 85 year old mother, Shirley Williams, who she, you know, her mother sounds like she's from Staten Island. I, you know, I know that very well. Yeah. She um, recently told us that, you know, she passed away, which was something that was very private because I didn't even know. And um, I'm sure that was a big deal. And as of right now, her brother is throwing out some real harsh words saying that his sister did not attend the mother's uh, funeral. And in turn, no, Williams did. She didn't show up for the. Yeah, funeral. Yep, yep. That's what he's saying. So, um, her thing is like that is not true. Like, so she had to address it in the hot topic segment, and she said, "You know, I quote: You better stop talking the way you're talking because now it's dripping into my comment page." Mm. And she like <laughs> the way she's like addressing him, like Tommy, like don't even go there, like. Mm. And then she alluded to like you know him liking her dress, like yeah, my brother would. Yeah, like I dress. always got queen vibes from. Uh, Wendy Williams' brother, like I thought, when he said he had a wife, when he his little first of all, why did he like start a YouTube page mm-hmm. channel and mm-hmm. like I don't, this is not what are you doing? That's that's a real queen move. Well, right. So he later he apologized for you know using this platform to air out the family business, so to speak, and. 
to me, I'm listening to this apology. It was very vague. He said what he was doing was taking on their father's feelings. And when do you know who you are? And I'm going to do exactly what you told me and my wife to do. You know, you tell everybody to get their life. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to step aside. And it was just, it was a very like, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. But mm-hmm. however you look at it, you know, Wendy, very, come, was it very queenly? Very. I don't know. If, I wouldn't say it was queenly. I wouldn't say that. But I would say that it was sticky and it's messy because when it comes to family business and, you know, we come from a big family, I'm not trying to air out everything for all to see. And as much as I, you know, talk and and I like to to share the business to a certain extent, I do believe in maintaining a privacy. I, obviously, I do believe in keeping something for yourself. So when you see Wendy Williams, you know, she she has hot topics. She dishes the dirt. This is who we've known her to be for years. So for her to actually have her day, you know, even going back to her divorce, you know, we all know Kevin. We all know the dirty business, how he's having a baby on her back. And oh, she even commented on that. Somebody asked her like, "Okay, well, you know, um, will you be seeing this child? She was like, no. She said, but if um, the mother wants to know where he was at when she was uh, uh, giving birth and delivery, he was right here with me. Mm. Oh, so she is, she's, she's given, she's given us some dirt of her own right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Sticky. Mm. But live your best life, Wendy. I love Wendy. I, I don't really care. <laughs> we grew up on Wendy, so. Wendy Williams. Remember, she was hot 97. She was 98.7. My bad. She was the voice of New York. She really was. Gossip and all, I looked forward to listening to Wendy when she was with Charlemagne before Charlemagne was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we go way back since. Give, was, give for her flowers. I will give her forever. Flowers. Right, I'm like mm-hmm. forever for since I was a kid forever. So I I love me some Wendy Williams. Like nobody yeah. can, she can't do no wrong in my eyes. Leave Wendy alone. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. How you doing? <laughs> I love it. We love Wendy. We love mm-hmm. Wendy. Absolutely. So. That sticky family business is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, getting out of the sticky. Now we're at the woke minute. Give me a minute. Let me put on my glasses. Let me get serious. Let me clear my throat. <clears throat> all right. All right. We here? Yeah. Okay. So there are three grand jurors in the Breonna Taylor case that are filing a petition to impeach the Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron. Now, these citizens are filing a petition to impeach Cameron on several charges, including breach of public trust and failure to comply with duties for misrepresenting the nation of findings of the grand jury. Now, in addition, those charges include abuse of office and breach of duties of professional responsibility and ethics. Okay, so Daniel Cameron is the acting um, state's attorney general in Kentucky, and he was the one he was a special prosecutor on the Breonna Taylor case. So, you know, when a grand jury meets, they kind of meet in that they kind of, but they do, they meet it's, it's citizens of the state, they meet in private and they determine whether a case goes to trial goes, you know, there's, there's actual charges going to be brought up. So what these three um, grand jury members and these other citizens, what they're filing against Daniel Cameron is to remove him from office. Cause what they're saying is that Cameron is is Cameron was telling the public that there were no homicide charges to be made against these officers that ended up killing Breonna Taylor. What the jury grand jury is saying is that they it was never presented to them to even charge the officers for homicide in the first place. So that Cameron basically is lying to the public by saying that the grand, you know, by putting it on the grand jury and saying the grand jury decided not to 
not to move forward with any homicide charges and that it was the grand jury that found this kind of wanton and reckless endangerment because of the bullets that one of the officers shot into somebody else's walls. Remember that there was Mm -hmm. um, charges that was brought up against uh, one of the officers um, because his, the bullets ripped through the walls of like a neighbor. And because of that, you know, that was the charge for reckless and wanton. So it's going to really come down to what was actually, I believe what was actually said at that grand jury, you know, the secret meeting, mm-hmm. you know, but there, I- I'm going to tell you what's going to come out is, is the, it might be some low level corruption here, or, you know, some sort of somebody got paid to do something, you know, because these are, like I said, Daniel Cameron, it's an elected, he's an elected official. So, you know, someone put him in office, someone wants to keep him in office and vice versa. So, you know, it remains to be seen what is going to come out of this, but it's, you know, that's, this is a huge in, you know, from a legal standpoint, it's a huge thing when you have the grand jury, uh, members of the grand jury um, and other citizens that are coming forward to impeach mm-hmm. the um, the state's attorney, get them out of office because of how, you know, their conduct in office. So mm-hmm. this remains to be seen how this is going to go down. Wow. This is like um, the truth. What, what you do in the dark will come to light. The truth will Always. come to light. Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. That, that has me all tensed up just a little all bit. Right, well, let, well, okay. Well then, you know what? Great. Because this is the, the point of the show, the segment of the show where hopefully you get a little relaxation and, a, and it's woke, but it's a little more light. So we are now at my Sean's metaphysical moment. I love this. So, you know, as we talk, this is a little series, a series within a series that we do during the woke minute where I just kind of um, introduce some, some thoughts and, you know, it's metaphysical. So what does that mean? It's, you know, it's, it's more than just what you can see with your eyes. Let's put it that way. So today I wanted to talk about the art of stillness or as we like to call it meditation. Yay. I love, so, um, and I'm, you know, Shatara, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you have some sort of, uh, meditative practice, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, when I'm, when I'm going to talk about that, but you know, so for what meditation and a lot of people, you know, well, is that just like sitting still and not saying anything and, you know, humming and there are different forms. Why do we meditate? You know, a lot of times we meditate to center ourselves, um, especially if you're coming to a, you know, a decision that you have to make, um, direction that you are looking for a lot of times this is a it's a good practice to instill in yourself especially with decision making um meditation is great because it settles your mind also your heart you know and a lot of times it allows you to focus on what's at hand or sometimes you know take the focus on something that may be draining you in different ways you know um meditation is great for relaxation um it's great for relieving tension It helps you make better choices when you are in a meditative state, Um, very much balances your emotions. You know, I really feel like this, you know, meditation is something they should start in schools. Like I'm always, um, you know, I really can appreciate some schools where they have like meditative moments or just, you know, just to be still and to be quiet, because I do think it, it helps a lot with uh, emotions also helping you gain mental clarity. Um, meditation is great in other ways because it allows you to, 
you know, balance the outside world with the inner world. You know, I think we as human beings, we are we are conscious in so many ways, but we do operate on a subconscious level as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we're very intuitive in a lot of ways. A lot of a lot of human beings are. So how do you balance that in a world in this what I call a 3D world, you know, when there are things around us that we can see, we can't see, and it's happening around us. So meditation is a really good way to to kind of balance that out. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, good reason to meditate is because a lot of times you receive messages, whether that's from your higher self or your ancestors. So if you're quieting your mind in a way that allows you to kind of get that um, that you know extra special knowledge, it's a great way to do it. Um, what else do I want to say about meditation? There are five basic states of meditation. There's the beta state, which you are completely awake. There's theta, which is the dream state. A lot of us know what, what that dream state is. Um, there's the alpha state when you're just really relaxed. It's usually the state that you want to get into when you're meditating. Uh, there's the delta state and then there's the gamma state. Now, gamma state is like I mean, you, you know, you go to Tibet and you see monks and they're meditating off the ground, that, that state, which is, it's a form of meditation. Um, you know, you can meditate. Well, and let me ask you, Shatara, what, um, what's your familiarity with meditation? Um, well, I actually, uh, took a yoga Tai Chi class, uh, for a couple months, some time ago, because I was in a very stressful state. Like life was super stressful and I had to like invest And I just remember Tai Chi was a good time. But when it came to that meditation, it took me a long time to to quiet my mind. And when I finally got to it, it was a practice that was, I'm going to say, like a great investment. I just remember being in the, I'm going to say, alpha state where I was deeply relaxed and I was in between like sleep and awake. And it was just a very... Like I said, I understand why I had to work towards getting there because it doesn't come easy. Right. Uh, You know, so um, even even before I have like a comedy show, like sometime I have to get into like I have to get into a space. I have to get into a zone. Not to say I can't talk to you, but I do have to take at least three minutes. And and for me, I'm praying. (laughs) I'm usually praying. That's what usually what I'm doing. I'm 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 getting I'm getting very uh, spiritual in, um, you know, my my talk with my higher power, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's, and that's beautiful. And that, you know, like you were saying, meditation, it's not something that, you know, you might not get it the first day, the first time it does require discipline mm-hmm. and it's a practice. So, you know, any, anything that you practice, you will master, but you do have to practice it. And there are different practices of meditation. I mean, some people, they can meditate while they dance or they're watching dance. You know, a lot of times, you know, we don't even realize how meditative it is when we listen to music, different types of music, you know, or you hear drums or, um, you know, certain songs and it's, and it just puts you in a meditative state. Prayer, as you said, that is one, that is a form of meditation, whether it's chanting or, um, you know, speaking to yourself, speaking to a higher power. Um, breathing is another form of meditation, you know, this, and it, that is, it's one of my favorite um, forms of meditation is breathing because a lot of us think, you know, we breathe because we've been doing it ever since, you know, we came out the womb we've right. been breathing <laughs> and, you know, so it's not something that 
you think you have to learn or relearn, but in actuality, there are different forms and different breath work methods that can get you to different levels of meditation. So um, that's something that I've explored um, a lot. Another form of meditation is visualization, which a lot of times we do, especially, you know, when you're talking about um, the law of attraction and, um, and, you know, um, manifesting things. It, starts with visualization. And in order to get yourself in a, you know, a place to visualize, you have to be in a meditative state. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it, you know, it doesn't work. Um, another form of meditation is with candles. Some people just, you know, you light a candle and, and lighting a candle is very soothing. You know, you know, I, you come here and I have different candles in different rooms and it's, yeah. whether it's the aromatherapy from the candle or just the calming that you get from just watching a flame, it's a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, crystals. Is another form of meditation, you know, whether you're holding them because crystals as a stone, it, it holds energy and holding it in your hand or having it around can put you in a, in a meditative state. And even for me, I love, um, sometimes when, you know, the world just gets a little too crazy and, you know, you need direction and, you know, maybe I'm asking myself a question. I just take my right hand and put it over my heart. Mm. Um, because a lot of times we, you know, if you're, you're thinking and we live in such a logical world where we're, you know, thinking and manifesting on a logical level, but, a, but sometimes the language that we need to use is our heart language. Mm. And the way that you access that is by touching your heart and your heart will never steer you wrong. I'm, I'm telling you sometimes when I, you know, I need to make a decision about, you know, whatever it is that requires me to really dig deep down inside. But I, you know, I need a quick decision. I just put my hand over my heart mm-hmm. and I listen to what, what my heart tells me. So it's a, it is a beautiful practice um, again. And I just encourage everyone out there to figure out your meditative state and practice it and grow it um, and utilize it for what, what's, what is to be used for. Hmm, thank you. No, that's good. That's good stuff. Because the way the world looks right now, you got to find your inner peace. Absolutely. So, so you got to find a way to tap into it as well. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Thank you for those gems. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. We are now at, where are we at? <laughs> girl, girl, we are at our favorite part. We are at the weekend D. You got to go with no one. And, you know, we talked about this special guest we have. I'm so excited. This is my homie, comedian Ron G, funny man. When I tell yay. you, yay, I give him the claps, the credits go on and on. Not only does he host yay. Chocolate Sundays when you're in California at the Laugh Factory, he has many, many other credits. So let's just get it started. He's the finalist of Last Comic Standing. He was on HBO Insecure. So I know you recognize that. I remember that. I remember that episode. Okay. He's Um, also. Yeah. 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 Under the table. Right. He's also the dad Lewis on the Nickelodeon hit show Cousins for Life. Emmy Award winner. Funny man. When I when I tell you I am so happy he's here. Please give it up for my main man. Comedian. Ron. Hey. What's up, ladies? How y'all doing? Hey. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, we are so excited. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. So I was so, already I was so excited about doing the show. I cut my hair 
but I forgot it was all audio. So I'm here, but my haircut is fresh. So just, I just want y'all to know that. Well, I, we we appreciate, we appreciate that. Sure. Ain't nothing wrong. Ain't nothing wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here with a, um, with a head wrap on and my glasses. You know when my glasses, well, you know when I have my glasses on. <laughs> Serious. Y'all over there looking like a fortune, uh, educated fortune teller. <laughs> What <laughs> are reading poems? Oh, I do the syrup lady. All, all things. I do all things. I do all things. So, so Ron, you know our weekend D report. Usually, we get some questions from our listeners. So, um, for everybody out there, if you have a question and you want it to be featured on the weekend D, please email us at that's what I'm saying podcast at gmail.com or just hit up hit us up on Instagram at TwitchPod. So I'm gonna get right into this. This is this is an interesting one. So this is one of our listeners. She says, um, this came up at a little gathering I attended with some friends, and I wanted you ladies, and of course, gentlemen, take on it. Mm-hmm. Should women be dating at least two men? So the guys in the room were saying that us women, we're dating ass backwards because men date around and don't feel guilty. Mm. She said it's the dating stage or talking stage. So she's asking, shouldn't we be loyal? A man won't want a woman that's out there dealing with other guys, right? Which I would say y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you think? Uh, I think the guys are absolutely right. This is the thing I've learned, and I could be absolutely wrong, but from the, the girls that I've known or my homegirls who would tell me about they messing with somebody, I'm like, mm-hmm. y'all don't want to be <laughs> y'all don't want to be emotional whores because you've invested in one guy, even though he hasn't said, hey, let's be exclusive. And Whoa. for you, your only job is to find out if you're the one. If you're talking to somebody and he's made it clear that you're not the one, meaning let you know you're the one, talk about marriage, make priority, plan dates. Um, you're not the one and you can't assume just because you spent time together, had sex, met his parents. Um, he's picked you, you know, came and got you when your flat, t- your tires flat. Like, cause dudes what? capable of doing that. I used to do that. I was a, I call it a husband. I was a hoe and a husband at the same time. I functioned like a husband, but I was operating like a hoe. Cause I was like, she was cool, but she wasn't my person. And I didn't mind the company, but she wasn't my person. And if I tell you I'm healing, why are we thinking anything past that? Because dudes usually tell you what you need. They tell you what you are. And this is what I tell my homegirls and my my lady friends. I say, listen, boys give you questions. Grown men give you answers. If you tell a guy, hey, look, I enjoy, I love giving you this walk, but I can't keep doing this unless I have a commitment of some sort because I know how I am and I don't have a middle because I'm either all in or not. This is what I need. And he like, hey, look, uh, I'm cool with how it is. I'm healing. I ain't looking for nothing. That's your answer. And mm-hmm. you can't make an answer out of something that's not there. So um, my rule of thumb is never give a man um, power he didn't ask to have in your life. Ooh, but, mm. but hold on. That, no, that, that was powerful. That was good. But see, you talked about doing a lot. So you mean to tell me I'm meeting your parents. You coming to change my tire. We spending quality time. And even still, like, don't you think that's a little bit of mixed signals? Adults mm. have conversations about this stuff. Right. You gotta oh. have the conversation. If you don't have the conversation that we are exclusive, I've been told. it's not exclusive. You can't you never assume. What you say, Ron G? You said boys give questions and make boys it give you questions and grown men give you answers. Mm, like like you'll be dating somebody and they pattern this like dudes that be solid in the beginning and then they pattern this way. 
uh, change up and you be talking to your homegirls like, am I crazy to think that he should call me? Am I crazy to think that his phone always go dead on Friday night and I don't hear to him, hear back from Sunday? Am I? Yes, you're crazy. You're not a victim. You're a volunteer. He's giving you all the answers and told you what you need and told you where you stand. That's why I said you have to tell a man what you desire. Tell him what you need. But don't give up your bargaining chips by you functioning like a wife and then be like, oh, um, where's this going? Like that's probably oh, didn't. Yes. Why, why do we have to have that conversation if he's already getting everything he need? You already lost right. your bargaining chips. Bargaining chip. Oh, man, did you? Can you just break down emotional whore? Who's the most? <laughs> Women don't like being emotional whores because you meet a guy, you done told your your committee about him, you done told the committee, you done mm-hmm. told your family about him. He ain't committed to you, but you don't want to look stupid to your homegirls because you've told them so much um, about this guy, and he ain't even. Thinking about you. He got six other, like you Tuesday, and you don't even know you Tuesday. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, example, I was dating this, this young lady. Uh, so I, I'll say this. Women, I feel like men put you in three categories. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't know this, but this is what we do. And we usually do it around the second date. We know who you are in our life. You, they got, we got wifey, mm-hmm. Ikea furniture, and fun girl. Oh, gosh. Now, let me explain to you. Wifey okay. is the girl you can't let go. Wifey is the girl you like, I would be sick if I if I let her go and somebody else get her. Because in your head, you imagine like, man, I can't share her with the world. I need to lock this thing down. That's wifey. You know when you wifey is not a conversation. That's why I said grown men, when they choose you, they'll make it clear because they want to share you with the world. Then you mm-hmm. got fun girl. Fun girl mm-hmm. is the girl y'all don't go out on dates. Usually like when the sun is out, y'all don't hang out. It's usually after a certain time y'all hang out. Um, you usually see him the day before or after a holiday and you don't go on dates. Like there's nothing planned. You know, right. I've dated that girl and she'd be like, when we go hang out and do something? I'm like, this is what we do. Like, why are we being weird? Like we've been doing this for three years and you usually call me and you're saying, where's this going? That's mm-hmm. fun girl. And then also fun girl is usually fun, but it's not practical in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And ladies, you have that guy too in your life. It's the guy, you know, like he'll put it down, but he's not mm-hmm. a functioning adult. Oh. You can't do life with him and you can't and raise kids with him because he ain't got no car. He lives with his mom and he eat McDonald's every day, but he's a lot of fun. And then you got Ikea furniture. Ikea furniture is designed to last no more than two years. It's not bad. And it's good. At, at fill, it, it, it fills the room up in your house. But if you lose that key, ain't no, you you done. Your bed is done. So Ikea furniture is designed to last no more than two years. And that's usually the person in your life or a guy, a girl will date. And she's not bad, um, but she ain't the one. Ain't and you enjoy one. her company, but you still like, oh, this is cool. Because I've dated mm. that girl and she'll hit me up and like, I can't do this no more. And I'm like, do what? We haven't done anything. She's <laughs> like, I just can't do what we're doing. And I'm like, but oh. what have we done? Like, what? What? Tell me, what have we done? And that's why I said I used to function like a husband. I was a hoe and a husband because I would show up for her. I would be there for her and I enjoyed her company, but she wasn't my person. And her homegirl would be like, <laughs> this is why I was getting to the emotional whore thing where a girl be like, hey, so what's up with you and my friend? And I'd be like, oh, you know, we're trying to figure things out. But my real answer was she's not a good partner. She smoke all the time. She don't dream. She don't believe in nothing. And I don't think she's my wife. But I can't say that to her own girl. So I'll be like, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. <laughs> is that too heavy? No, nothing. No, no. You know what? I'm just I'm laughing because I think at this point in my life, you know, personally, I'm I'm listening to this, this, you know, the, the question. And I'm like, 
you know, when you get a, I guess when you go through some things and as, as a woman and you get a certain age, it's like, you know, all of this. So your time becomes more valuable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you, when you already see, you know, okay, I'm being put into this category or, or he's in this category and this is not where I want to be. You, you're willing to kind of cut your losses real mm-hmm. quick. You don't mm-hmm. do that when you're younger, you know, because I think for, as for females, you know, our hearts are so big, you know, and it, it takes that that one time to get your heart broke up, you know, that kind of sends us into a tailspin and we can't tell the, you know, the the bottom from the top. So a lot of times <laughs> what we're, we don't even see, you know, we don't see the forest for the trees a lot of times in these relationships because, you know, especially like what you said, most men, if, you know, if he's a man, he'll give you answers and he'll tell you typically at the top of the relationship, he'll lay it out. Mm-hmm. And from there, as long as I think, as long as that man feels like, well, I didn't already gave the disclaimer and I already told her, this is how, you know, I'm not looking for this or I'm not this, then whatever comes after that, he's already given his disclaimer. So don't take everything for, oh, well, you know, he, I, I, I met his friend. So that means, you know, I'm in there like swimwear, you know, I might get the ring. It, if he told you from the very beginning, listen to what he said, because mm-hmm. I think men, you know, like a man is he's going to be he's going to give you that answer at the very beginning. And if it's changed, it's it, it you it's not going to be any sort of you're not you're going to know exactly mm-hmm. if things change. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be mixed signals. And I think a lot of us, a lot of women we like to, we want to see the best in those mixed signals. So we, you know, we rather err on the side of, you know, it's in my best interest, whatever mixed signals he's given out. Right. And, and none bad. of these, none of these categories are transferable usually. Cause this is the thing I've learned that <laughs> I do a joke about this. I was like, um, this old cat daddy laugh. <laughs> I know it's just, because I'm going somewhere with it. I, I've learned that women usually don't marry the man that they really want to be with. They marry the man that grows on them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That- and I say that because <laughs> you've never heard a man say she grew on me ever. Mm-hmm. You've never heard a man your entire life from your dad to anybody in your family be like, yeah, when I first met her, she, I mean, she was all right. You know, uh-huh. women, y'all do that. And every woman has known a man who'd be like, well, no a guy be like, yeah, when I first met him, he was not my type. He was short. He was going bald. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. He, I don't even like light skinned dudes like that, but eventually he grew on me. That's the dude you marry because he's comfortable. Dudes. But that's the that's the advice, right, Shatara, that we got from our grandmother. And you know, our elders was as for a woman is always find the man that, you know, just got it for you a little bit more than you do. You know, oh, yeah. I think a lot of women are told that, like, make sure he loves you more, because I think that, you know, there's mm-hmm. a reason why women wait for a man to propose to them, because we waiting for y'all to be ready, because nine times out of ten, we're ready. You know, so I think for a lot of women, like it always disappoints me when I hear a woman like propose to a man or something. I'm like, what the hell you do that for? You know, my question is, if that's the case, (laughs) then why do you give ultimatums? Well, I don't. But um, but women do do it because okay. that's you when you gotta like make you it said, about you. But women do it all the time. They like, where is this going? And you're right. And you're right. Because like you said, they messed up with their bargaining chip. That's what I'm, I'm going to go with. That, but I, no, let me because let me just say, I think. You know, I think men with this whole thing, like, oh, you know, she gave me an ultimatum. It's like, no, I think for a woman, you got to be at a point where you can either keep on going with these mixed signals or make it very clear. And, you know, things do change. So maybe at some point in a relationship, you know, she has to be upfront about her feelings. So whether it comes out as an ultimatum or it comes out as me expressing this is what I want at this stage of my life at this point 
with you or somebody better, I, you can call it whatever you want. But I think it's important for women to at least get there because a lot of times, you know, y'all will take us on a roller coaster and great adventures and six flags. And but is it really Disney taking world. you or are you deciding to go? Um, look, is it really I, taking I you or are you trying to put a ride? Victims is volunteers, but at the same time, it's got, mm-hmm. it's two people. It's got to it's two sides. So, you know, if that 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 woman, she's in a position to, it. Like I said, it might come out as an ultimatum, but if she gets to a point where you know what, I want to get off this ride. So either the man is going to step up, you're gonna you you're gonna do what it is so that we can get off this ride together, or we have to part ways. But at least there's a conversation. At least there's something. You know, I'm just, I don't, I'm not going to, the victim volunteer, I mean, I like what you said, but sometimes it's not always, it's always that. It is for a woman is kind of waking up and saying, all right, I I don't want to be a volunteer anymore. I don't want to be a victim anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. If you're willing to step this up, then let's do it. If not, let's part. Let's let's part. But right. And your only goal, the only goal of dating is to find out if you're the one. And so it's it sucks because there's a lot of trash guys out here. A lot of trash guys who lie all the time and you know lead women on. But mm-hmm. again, when when you get to a certain age and you've been with enough raggedy guys, you know what good feels like. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like once you, because <laughs> y'all curiosity take you to crazy girl land because God give y'all intuition, particularly black women. He gave y'all intuition that nobody else has. Y'all intuition is always right. But instead of trusting God and trusting what you know, you got to investigate and hear him say what you are, your spirit already know. You got to go put your war paint on, get your homegirls to cape up. You put your, your, your war paint on, put your all black on and you in the bushes trying to see yeah. if this nigga is who he say he is versus like, you know what? This doesn't make me feel good. I don't feel safe and let me leave. And I'm only directing this to be, toward the women because I feel like women work on personal growth more than men and men mm-hmm. are goofy. Men mm-hmm. are take a long time before they mature. And if you're going to be in this world, you got to play the game. It's like when you have a kid, you can raise your kid completely amazing and do all the right things, feed them organic food. But they're going to go to school with kids who don't care nothing about nothing. You know what I'm saying? So you have to prepare them for the game. Prepare them for the game. And all I'm doing is telling like my homegirls and the people, I, women I care about, prepare yourself for the game. Your only purpose of dating is to find out if you're the one. And being loyal, there's no reward for loyalty in heaven. There's no reward for loyalty for somebody who y'all haven't had a discussion about this is where it's going. You you give a man loyalty and he needs to actually he needs to earn it. He needs to earn the right. love that you give him. Because I what I learned is particularly black women, y'all incubators. Whatever a man give you, you multiply it. You know what I'm saying? I've been married for a year and a half, and everything I bring my wife, she multiplies. Meaning I'm a homeowner. And my house was nice before I got here, but now my wife in my house, she made my house into a home. I had a dream and I had a vision before she got here. Now it's so specific that I'm clear about, oh, I'm supposed to talk about relationship stuff. Oh, I'm supposed to talk about uh, relationship stuff and being married and how dope it is if you choose the right partner. I didn't know that until I got married. And what men don't realize is the woman that you say you want, you don't get till you commit to her. And you don't, like in your head, you like, I need this baddie or whatever, but you don't know who baddie is until you committed to baddie because what if she bad, but she is emotionally illiterate? What if she's bad and you like, oh, we're compatible. But then when it's time to have a real conversation as a man and you tell her how you feel, she shut down, she run or she don't want to deal with it mm-hmm. or she explode on you. That's not right. a good partner. You don't right. find that out until you commit to him. So as a man, I'm telling the men who's listening, you don't find out the woman you're supposed to have until you commit to her. Like in your head, you can juggle five or six, but that's always cool until you get sick. 
that's always cool until your hairline dissolves and you like, yo, I need a partner. Or you collect all these assets and you ain't got nobody to share it with. What's the point of collecting, getting a nice car and you smashing and got these numbers and you get sick? And I got this joke about hoes don't make soup. Mm. <laughs> Grown women will make you some soup from scratch. Grown women got an answer for whatever issue you have in your life. You tell a, a grown woman anything wrong with you, she got an answer without you even asking. Unsolicited. She going to tell you, like, look, that shirt trash, go cut your hair and brush your tongue. You know what I'm saying? And put your pajamas on. I'm going to make you some soup. Go sit down and put your pajamas on and get out of my kitchen. That's what grown women do. But men don't know that. And, and for me, also, men don't value their peace. You don't know what peace is until you're on the other side of it. Because for me, I feel like I'm a stand-up comedian. My job is to be one of the best clean comedians on the planet. But I was dating chicks who was like cute and thick, but they had no sense of humor. What am I doing? What am I doing? There's no... That's a part of my legacy. And I'm about to ruin my legacy for my appetite and my ego versus like getting somebody who can handle where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? So as a man, one thing nobody ever taught me was the peace that comes along with marriage and choosing the right person. Is it perfect? No. But mm-hmm. the thing is too, women multiply whatever you give them. Uh, I always tell them, uh, like me and my lady do a Q and a on Thursdays on Instagram. I call it Q and a with Bay. But when we first got together, um, we had an argument and I was like, yo, look, you can't talk to me like that because it reminds me of my childhood. I said, my dad, he used to drink or whatever, and he used to be explosive. And the next day he don't remember nothing. And I'm a sensitive little boy, got to deal with all this residual stuff. And he don't remember what happened. I said, you can't talk to me like that as a man. My job is to make sure our house is the safest place on the planet. When we come home, I need you to feel safe. I'm a clean comedian and I don't curse for a paycheck. So why would I give that same energy to you when I'm upset? I'm emotionally intelligent enough to share with you how I feel without exploding on you. So that's the standard in the household. And I want you to come home and feel safe. And I need the same thing because I can't protect you and protect myself at the same time because it's going to be fight or flight and I'm protecting myself and I'm going to lose you based off my worst if you don't make me feel safe. So I'm asking you kindly as my wife, don't raise your voice at me. If you got to say something, my heart is always open and I'm never arrogant to where I won't change in any kind of way. And I'll always give you the best of me, even when um, like it's not even about being right. It's about making sure you're happy and making sure we feel good. So and since then, we haven't had that discussion ever again. You know what I'm saying? But it was my responsibility to tell her what I require and also set the tone for that in my household, because, you know, you can explode on somebody and curse somebody out in the streets. But when you love somebody, there's certain things you can't say to them. Because you won't get them back. And so for me as a man, I'm responsible for setting that environment. But also women, too. You got to realize that y'all connected to God. But if you're connected to God and your tone is bad, you're going to lose them. So your tone is important, too, because y'all have the power of making a man feel like a king or feeling like the worst thing ever. Y'all so dope. Y'all can ruin a man's whole ego just by a sound. If he if he's giving you his heart and he show up with an outfit on his trash and you'd be like, mm. <laughs> That'll ruin his whole day. He like, what, what, what happened? Why you, why you, mm, what happened? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or he walk in, he walk in the room and he got a suit on and you know, he know he clean and you walk in and you see him and you do the little sip y'all be doing. Y'all be like, that will make him feel like a king. He will want you want to build you a house from scratch just because of your sound. And that's how powerful women are. So that's one thing I had to learn, man. But a man's peace is the most important thing. When a man don't value peace, he'll chase a chick that's a headache just because she's cute. But when he when he realized his legacy is attached to that, you'll find somebody who's like, oh, she's a partner and she can handle where I'm going. And I need that peace. And the peace I have on this side of marriage, I, there's nothing I could have told my single self to prepare me for. It. And I wouldn't trade this peace for nobody because I need it. Amen. I need to give a clap for that. I need a soul clap. Can I get a soul clap? Um, do you have a brother? <laughs> Hilarious. I don't. I don't. It's kind of sucks because 
I don't have a lot of homies that think the same way. Like it sucks because it's just when you try to live decent, it's a lonely road. That's why I chose to get married because I outgrew a lot of my my friends and my family members. And my wife is like my partner. So it's like that. that comes along with it. Oh, that's cool. I, I, yeah, that, that is. And I, you know what? I'm just over here like, who, who, what, what, what are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> you just took it. Yeah. Is it emotional, emotionally intelligent? Are oh, we talking about what? Ron told us, don't you lose that Ikea key. And I'm over here thinking like, damn it, I lost that key for that chair. I'm trying to sell that chair. Damn I got to sell that chair. You know, you know that Ikea key. That Ikea key is we all do it. Ikea people, see, they're the seat fillers. You know you got seat fillers in your life. You're like, you need to know oh what I find who I'm supposed to be with. Oh, my goodness. But that, no. that And, and I think I think we gave some really good advice in terms of, you know, for this woman, like, yes. I, and I agree. Dating at least two men because it is the dating stage and men do it as well. So don't, you know. I, I I agree with the man who told her y- y'all would, would you know dating ass backwards because why are you being loyal to somebody that's not loyal to you? Yeah. Keep right. dating until you're not dating, and if you still yep. if he's still dating, you still dating. Why be loyal? Right. Why right. worry about being an emotional whore? That's like your own ego, and you know you trying to prove something to him that you don't care about because the right person will appreciate you showing up for him. Absolutely. Keep mm-hmm. dating until he make it clear. If it's not clear and you asking yourself where is he at and you know holidays he ain't around and you know mm-hmm. Valentine's Day you ain't getting nothing, why are we still having this conversation? Right. This is sad. Yeah. But I not I just think with experience, I can speak for myself, but I think as you as you get older and you see certain things like this is what we know. But you know, when you're young and you're out there, mm It's so no. hard to see that. It's hard. It's so- oh, absolutely it is. I don't I don't want to be at a point where I'm asking what are we doing and where are we going? Like I I always find peace in knowing that we're on the same page. And if that takes, you know, getting to know each other and taking time, like nothing hurts. And I've done it before, you know, um, in previous years with a boyfriend and having to ask, what are we doing? And that just takes a little bit of something away from me. And just having to ask makes you not want it anymore. So like looking forward, I'm just like, okay, well, you know, I. I can't make somebody be where I want them to be. So being on the same page is beautiful. Ron, I share the marriage experience with you as well. I recently got married. So I oh, understand. congrats, man. That's so cool. Yes, it's a beautiful thing. So yes, we're in a class by ourselves to some extent. We are. Well, I was married for 10 years. So what I can, as my sage experience, what I can say is, you know, you, you want to find that. Once you find that right, like the one that is for you, just... You just know, like, there's no question. They don't make you feel like you're, you know, wandering and, you know, anxiety is building and you got to go and ask other people and try to figure out stuff. It's just, it's, it's, it's just an intuitive knowing with that person. It's, it's a connection on a, on a 5D level. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I, I have a question for you. I have a follow up question. Mm-hmm. What was the thing you learned about yourself being married? Um, Not him, you. <laughs> about me is that I'm that oh, it's so many things that I that I that I did well, learn. Give me like top three, top three things you learned top about yourself. That you know, I'm I'm so much about keeping my word. You know that sometimes to a fault. Another thing is I'm a Taurus, so like you know that whole thing they talk about how stubborn. But sometimes what I've seen is like when my if I needed, I needed to listen to my intuition more. Like now my intuition is just, is, you know, I had to practice it. It's like a, it's like a muscle. You got to build it. But at the time I was not following my 
my, you know, my, my personal GPS system. And I was looking outside of myself for a lot of the answers that I had right within me. I knew and I knew and I had a knowing and I wanted so much confirmation for what I should have just been comfortable with and and knowing about my relationship, about myself. So what I've learned is to trust me, you know, know thyself that Mm. and I say that all the time is knowing yourself is the most important Thing you will ever do in your life because you know yourself everything else should fall in place but if you don't know who you are especially in a relationship with another person who damn it doesn't know who, who he is it's it is it's a setup for destruction so one thing you know what i had to learn is really who i am with or without a relationship with 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 or without you know a lot of the status symbols that come along with being married who am i outside of all of that and loving that person, who that person was, you know, because I think in um, in a relationship, you and I know I don't want to go off too t- too much, but, you know, you, you have to maintain who you are, especially for a lot of women who get married is you, you, you know, <clears throat> you that person and you become one with that person in a lot of ways. But you have to don't lose sight of who you are mm-hmm. Um in, you know, in a relationship for men too. But I think for women, because we are nurturers and, you know, we, we naturally have this ability to, um, you know, kind of melt away, melt into someone and losing a lot of our identity, especially, you know, we become mothers and, you know, we're doing these families and we kind of put ourselves to the wayside. So really knowing who you are and then really taking care of that person, regardless of, of outside factors. It's probably one of the most important things that I learned Mm. um, in my marriage so that I could be beautifully divorced, you know, because I I, the person that I was during that time and it was for 10 years. But, you know, I there was so much for her to learn and so much for her to learn about herself. She couldn't do it in. And I'm, t- I'm speaking in third person. I'm talking about somebody else because it really was it. You know, it, it was someone else. She needed to she needed to learn so much. And so the experience was good. But now it's over. It's a, it's great that it's over because it's a ne- it's next level. So. Mm. Yeah. That's so awesome. That was beautiful, man. That was Thank so cool. You. Now, uh, <laughs> what I've learned, because I got a home, a few homies that's like I feel like they're in that space too. that that. uh uh, defining moment in their marriage where it's like it can go either way. One I've learned is because they got married too early or because sometimes when you get married too early, like literally every seven years, you become a different person. You right. know, And yeah. what was appealing to you then doesn't match. Or if you get married yeah. too early, a lot of times you outgrow your person mm-hmm. um, because, again, you realize like, OK, I'm a dreamer and this person is not even a dreamer. And I'm having all these life experiences that I can't even share with them because they can't even process that. I've seen that with people close to close to me too, like watching the woman, you know, go through the spiritual awakening. Now she want to go to church and he like, man, I ain't going to that church. You know, all them pastors, they just trying to get your money. I'm like, but she's having a whole spiritual awakening. She can't talk to you about it because you're so freaking stubborn and in your ego thinking she cheating. You missing out on your woman growing. Like who's she going to talk? Who you think she's going to talk to that about? Like who's she going to talk about that to? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you create that distance if you ain't growing with your person. And a lot of times in your 20s, you don't know. You just, you know, you're from a small town and you see somebody with some hazel eyes. you like, oh, it's done. It's done. But then you look back in your 30s like, yo, wait, what? They cute, but 
they don't want to grow with me. And are you right. dating or marrying for where you're going, for where you're at or where you're going? You know what I'm saying? So it's very tough. And that's why I be telling young men too, like, yo, don't even get married until you figure out what your thing is. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be scary where you, <laughs> you yeah. in a yeah. place where you got a whole family and now you like want to start an R&B group at 40. <laughs> <laughs> you got family who need your your benefits. Like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? But if you find them in route, if you find them while you're in route, she can grow with you. Like, literally, when I met my wife, I met her at a comedy club. And then the year before, when we were engaged, I made a lot of money. I did a cool TV show, the Nickelodeon TV show. And my first year of marriage, I didn't work at all. And I was scared. But my wife was like, I got you. Don't worry about it. But we traveled. We went out. We traveled like five times and three times. Three of those times we went out of the country. And my wife had my back, you know, and I was in a crossroad like, yo, like, God, do you see me? I do this thing I love for a living. I want to take care of my wife. And God was like, yo, like, you have everything you need. And think about it. If you got the life you say you wanted during your first year of marriage, you think you would have stayed married? I need your roots to be deep. This is why I allowed you not to work so you can be close to her. So when your career take off, y'all close enough to be able to handle and sustain you not being there. Mm. Mm. At the time, I was worried about not working. Sheesh. Now, I just, I just, so this is actually my jam, man. That's why I wanted to do the show. I said, This is my jam. I got a whole podcast I do called the Two Piece Podcast. We just had a live version last week via Zoom, uh, where basically it's like personal growth for men because I feel like men, well, particularly women, y'all have like brunches and black girl magic conferences and uh, mm-hmm. women's empowerment brunch. And men, we all we got is women, wine, and weed. We out here ruining lives. Until we figure out, like, that's not sustainable and this ain't it. So I wanted to create a platform for men to, like, start growing. Like, you know, it's just like calling men toxic. Like, everybody's going to start at the same point. Oh, my gosh. Like, like you can talk about it. I went on Clubhouse the other day, and every room was about what black men don't do right. And I'm like, how do we grow? Because there's no animal uh, creature in the whole entire animal kingdom that doesn't survive without partnership. Like, the animals that last the longest do partnership. You can't be strong, a strong and independent lion because you need the whole entire pride. You can't be a strong, independent uh, <laughs> a school of whales. Like you got to be a part. And it's like we are the only creatures that like brag about being independent. Now, granted, dudes are sorry in some areas, but all dudes ain't sorry. You have to do partnership at some point, you know. Right. And right. for me, I'm all about like, yo, like black marriages are dope. But how do you get to that point? If you're talking about all men are or all women are, all you need is one. You need one who gets your jam, who get how you yeah. flow. That's all you need. Right. Right. You, you need that on the T-shirt, Ron. You need that on the T-shirt. All you need What's is that? one. All you need is all one. one. It's your jam. I had to learn it. I, it was, I know I'm running my mouth right now, but I had to learn it. Like uh, my, my bro, I do my uh, podcast with. I was telling them, man, I was like, yo, I hate that women don't like sensitive men. Because I grew up being a sensitive kid. My pops was an alcoholic and I had to like process a lot by myself. And it just made me like just live in my head because I didn't know who to talk to. I'm a little kid trying to process grown man life. You know, when I got older, um, you know, you grew up in the hood and you had to choose between, am I going to be a thug or am I going to be a nerd? You can't be a nerd in the hood. You can't survive. And then you can't be a thug because my dad would kill me if I sold dope. And so, you know, he teaching me to be tough and be strong. And then you meet a woman who needs you to show up and use your emotions. You're like, I ain't never touched that before. So in this world, I met this young lady and I was like, yo, like we were talking and I liked her. And she said something real slick to me. And I was like, yo, that hurt. And she's like, what, you sensitive? You a comedian and you being all sensitive? No. I said, no, I'm telling you how I feel. So you don't have to guess why I'm acting the way I am. Because when I'm telling you Which how I feel. Anyway, that is so, so funny. What Which happened? is what we 
want. We want that. That's so funny. Right. But she like clown me. And I was like, yo, I'm giving you the cheat code to my heart. So you don't have to guess how I feel. Because once I get quiet, that's dangerous. The most dangerous thing on a man on on the planet is a quiet man. He can have a whole nother family and you'll never know because you ain't giving him space to tell you how he feel. You know what I'm saying? And and my, my bro was like, Bro, it don't matter what women don't think about you. Like, it don't matter all women don't get get that you're sensitive. He said, all you need is one that gets it. And literally, my sensitivity makes me a lot of money. I'm having this podcast. Well, we're doing this right now because I'm articulating feelings that most men probably feel, but they don't know how to articulate it. On stage, I do the same thing. And in my art and even in acting, I articulate feelings that most guys don't even process because that's like my lot in life. And God gave me that platform to be emotionally intelligent in a way where I can articulate the thoughts and feelings of men. And I'm I'm clear about that, you know what I'm saying? But my my wife, she celebrated, and I just I ain't never had that before. So it's cool to find somebody who like get the parts of you yeah. that the world don't. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you. Hold on. I just I feel like we had a whole different type of awakening. This was just so full of fruit right here, and this it was, was and it was and it was full of depth. So I appreciate that because bringing the funny is something that we do, but on the same time, like you just you helped us vibrate to the next level just as well. So brother, I appreciate you not like from the heart, like sister, brother, I'm telling you, I appreciate you, my brother. I really do. And oh, man, you know, I appreciate where, that. You no, know, seriously, like where, where your head is at, you no, know, where your head is at is admirable. You get what I'm saying? So I'm also loving the fact that you're spreading, you know what I mean? And you're sharing that piece of yourself. Like, I, I don't want to go too deep on you, but I'm, I appreciate that you're sharing that. So that's great. So thank you so I much. I suck at small talk too, but I'm going to work on it though. I'm going to work on it. I think that you gave more I, than I, I like. so much. I'm like this. We could do a whole the whole part. This is just a segment of the of the podcast, but we can actually do a whole show on this. You know, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm here. We absolutely, absolutely should because it's, it is something that is so necessary. And I mean, I'm I'm vibing with you so much on everything that you're saying because this is something you know for us as 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 women, as black women, we want this from our men, you know. And we'll complain about it to, amongst each other, and we'll talk about it with you know X, Y, and Z. But how do we actually achieve it? You know, how did do, how does it actually? And really, the change is going to come from us. That's that's the bottom line. So I think once we get out of, we could talk about it and, you know, the complaining that might happen. But the next step is, as you're saying, is there has to be some tools. There has to be some dialogue and there has to be some some way, you know, even just you coming here on the show and just expressing the way that you that you that you are, um, you know, that emotional intelligence is is. The, the currency is, is is so high right now. It's like it's blowing Bitcoin out the water because mm-hmm. it's so valuable, you know, especially, you know, as we go forward and, and the, in the times that we're in. Oh, my God, we need this. We need this. Like this. This is what makes our new leaders, honestly. Um, it is necessary in order for the, the black family to grow and just for us to grow as people like you've got to do partnership, even if we ain't married you got to do partnership with like black women and black men you can't just keep bashing the other one and be like you think we're going to show up for you i I, you know i know this is a very popular phrase support black women but how do you do that if you never feel like you're you're worthy enough like i'm toxic because i showed up i'm toxic i haven't been given the tools i'm not excusing anybody doing anything that's heinous like rape or anything but i'm we all kind of play into it and it's 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 some of it it's how do i say this it's not necessarily a crime. Some of it can be a conspiracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody, mm-hmm. Some of it can be a conspiracy. Like we keep, like we have so much generational trauma in I'm our already, own culture. It's yeah. like, 
Oh, it, yeah. it, it, in my head, I had in my senior year in college, I had two kids and I found out they were not mine. Two women telling me these kids are mine. My senior year in college, fresh out of school, 20 years old. I'm like, how do I do this? Then I hear protect black women. And I'm like, I'm not even denying that. I'm not denying that you should. You should always like, again, I have so many females in my family and I think it's, you're, you're supposed to protect your people or even people that you don't know, especially if somebody's being reckless or mishandling somebody. But it's like, I've been through, we all got our own trauma and I, I couldn't pull my handbrake up and be like, this is my experience. Let me not protect nobody. Cause I was a savage for a while. I was hurt and I was trying to figure life out. But then I was like, this ain't sustainable and this is not right. I'll never meet love and, and find love if I keep acting like this. You know what I'm saying? So I had to grow up too. And then men holding other men accountable too for their BS. Yeah. There you yeah. go. There That's you not go. your responsibility. It's us holding other men accountable when they're doing some reckless, you mad at a girl because she told you, no, she don't, she ain't interested in you and you cursing her out. Like, what are we doing? Like, Ooh. that's your ego. You fragile, bro. Like, you shouldn't be yeah. cursing a woman that out if she's saying no. Just real talk, like that was a real issue in my marriage. That was, you know, among some other things, but that was a huge issue it was just, it was the environment, um, you know, that it, it was like the, like the, like the boys in blue, you know, like that code of silence, like yeah. nobody is calling nobody. You see, you see this, you see what's going on. And I'm, I'm not even just talking about cheating, but just, you know, you see the behavior and nobody is saying anything. Nobody is doing you know, like that's your man's. I mean, I could just, I could go on. And I, I felt like, man, that was, it was, it was so, it was, that was so toxic in so many ways. Because you mean he had a lot of single friends doing regular stuff and he didn't say nothing? There a lot of single friends, a lot of married friends, gotcha. you know, whatever. It was just boy, homeboys. So, you know, but, you know, everybody kind of had something on somebody else. So, no, you know, there was the, the circle oh, yeah. of, of yeah. silence. So you nobody is saying anything. Nobody you can't call anybody out because you might be over here doing dirty. You might whatever it was. So it, it just kind of it proliferated the whole situation because nobody was willing to say, hey, you know, bruh, maybe, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that or maybe you should do this. Or maybe, you know, if no one had that authority. And it, to, as far as as I know, and I'm, I'm on the outside looking in. But what I saw was kind of that, you know, it was like a code. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody said anything, but you, know? you said something yeah. really key too because me being married now i realize i don't have a lot of single friends you know like my single friends i won't say they don't fit into my life but naturally it's a certain fraternity and sorority that you join when you get married that you can have conversations with people that's married that'll just get it you know what i'm saying but you have to have a community and a tribal people that support you that love on you I ain't talking about the ones who just show up to the wedding. I'm talking about who's, who's committed to your marriage in order to survive. Because if y'all have friends and all y'all friends, like when we first got married, my, my I feel like my wife friends be inviting her to a Chris Brown mansion party. I'm like, why are we even having this conversation? Because if I went to a Chris Brown mansion party while we knew the marriage, like it'd be a problem. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't even decide to go there. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't even go because I'm like, my marriage is more important. And just the optics of even if I ain't doing that does not look good. It does not look good. You know what I'm saying? So you got to make sure you have a good tribal people when you're in a relationship that you say you want that mm-hmm. have similar relationships. You can't just have all reckless friends and your toxic friends talking about men are trash while you got a good man because it ain't going to last. Mm, look, look, Sean is over here like, you sure you don't got a, a uncle, a brother? A <laughs> I got a few homies, but they are work in progress right now. It ain't, it ain't time yet. But ask yeah, right now. Listen, okay. So I think that overall, this has been more than advice. This has been just a, a great session of um, building 
And we're gonna do a part two. Yeah, I just, so, Ron, 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 you with it? We're gonna do a part two. Okay, so um, can you just tell the people where we can find you? Because I know where to find you. But okay, I got more time. But okay, all good. Okay, okay. Ron, plug us up. Tell us, Ron G. So I know your YouTube, um, your IG, and your comedian Ron G. Right? So that's comedian R O N G. Right? Any anything yes. else? Anywhere else? I have a lot of cool stuff happening right now uh, in my life and my career. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, I'm definitely on Instagram. Please follow me, comedian Ron G. Comedian R O N G. I post a lot of funny content and also post a lot of stuff, um, uh, relationship stuff. Um, I also, uh, please go to my YouTube page. Uh, we just had a uh, two piece live, which is my podcast I do uh, for personal growth for men, but I also call it the cheat code for women where you hear decent, God fearing men talk about relationships and our POV. Uh, super dope show. Uh, the podcast is called the Two Piece Podcast. If you go on all podcast uh, platforms, it's the number two P I E C E podcast. And also, if you go to my YouTube page, I posted clips uh, from our last live. Um, uh, comedian Ron G, comedian R O N G on my YouTube page. And then every Thursday, starting in February, my wife do a really dope game show called Couples Couch, where we have couples come on and you see how well you uh, you work well with your your your, uh, your person. How well you, uh, how much fun you have with them and see how well you know your person. Super dope game show. Me and my wife do every Thursday on Instagram live. And we do, after that, we do Q&A with Bay, where uh, we basically do a Q&A uh, on life, relationships, and like just marriage. Or if you want to get married or dating. And it's a super dope uh, platform that me and my wife do that I feel like is also healing and therapeutic. Because I feel like in this world we live in, especially like church, they tell you you get married, but they don't give you the tools of what you need to know when you're married. You know, or, you don't marry because you don't burn with sin. I'm like, yo, but like I'm married now. You didn't tell me what I'm supposed to do now I'm here. And I'm dealing with a whole another human being with a different walk of life. Like, how do I do that? So me and my lady talk about the good, bad and ugly. And it's super cool. So check that out as well. It's on my Instagram live, but comedian Ron G on everything. Okay. Thank you. Round of applause. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. All right. And we will have a part two. Yes, absolutely. I would love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, y'all, we have come to the end. So please like, share, and subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. Listen on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, pretty much wherever you listen to your podcast. Watch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show weekdays on Island TV and on the Island TV app. And Shatara, my sister, what else we got to let them know? Yes. First of all, I want to thank funny man, Mr. Ranji, once again for coming out and blessing us with all your we had a good old time you are crazy love it love it love it and if you have any questions for the weekend d report if you want to keep up to date on all my upcoming comedy shows as well as our podcast and tv events then get social with us dm us talk to us you know you like to jump in those dms find us on facebook and twitter and instagram at twistpod that's t-w-i-s or on our website at twistpod.com as always thank you all for listening stay healthy stay well until next time we love y'all Peace. Peace.